0: This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Najee Husseini, Trina Chilino, David Moser, Jennifer Raby, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, yes you, the listener. (laughs) The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. All right, Eric, before we get into the reality of what you accomplished over this past weekend as of the recording of this podcast which was epic um a little bird uh who looks an awful lot like my son told me that you said something <laughs> at the Midstate mile um that that you at hey i gotta make sure i, I can make some room because i'm gonna show you something real quick you uh made a little comment a little dig at, at my boy's dad you wore your strider Pros. Your Patagonia Strider Pros, uh, because I've, well, just why don't, why don't you just tell everybody what you told my son?
1: Uh, I remember, God, it was years ago on your old podcast, yeah. how you were saying that you used to have the five-inch Patagonia Strider Pro shorts, and that was your favorite ones, and you were getting too big to fit into them. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I never had a pair of them, and I just got them, and I was like, oh, man, I see what he's talking about. I'm like, I'm going to wear those tomorrow because <laughs> I had a feeling your son was going to be out there.
0: Yeah, wore those for you, bud. (laughs) Well, I wore a little something for you tonight. Now, only people who are watching the video version of this podcast are going to get this treat. But Eric, just for you, I am performing this pod, recording this podcast in a pair of, put the camera down, Patagonia Strider Pros. Awesome.
1: Awesome. <laughs>
0: I love it. I'm going to put some goose in the pockets in case this podcast gets a little long and I have to. <laughs> right. I
1: need some strength. Dig for some strength.
0: <laughs> Eric, first of all, congratulations on winning the Mid-State Mile, um, setting a new course record. A hundred and thirty three miles. That's one hundred and twenty one laps. Forty one hours 41,140 feet of vertical gain holy cow eric that (laughs) was a hell of an accomplishment
1: oh thank you man thank you
0: (laughs) and this is coming off a year where the year before you had the assist so you took second place at last year's Midstate Mile to Justin Hamilton, um, let's kind of go back to the finish of last year. You finish, okay. you finish second to Justin Hamilton. You get the assist as that race ended for you. What was your plan? Were you like, okay, I've done second, I'm done, or what was your mindset? You know, finishing second and going really far.
1: I think I think with last year that was my third year doing the race, mm-hmm. um, and I got so close to tasting it. And you know, I was real strong that whole entire race, but my body started kind of breaking down. I don't remember what it, at what mile, but it went on for hours, and I kind of couldn't bounce back from it. it. Was just kind of like IT bands and hips and things like that. I really tried to hang on to the end as best I could, but you know, Justin, he's a he's an animal and like he he got like his eighth wind out there and like he bounced back and like i was kind of never able to recover from it but it you know it left i was super satisfied last year with last year's performance it was the most focused i'd ever been in a race and really learned to kind of harness all my my training and really apply it in that race but it left me it left me hungry and it you know i asked myself kind of for the next 364 days you know why that why midstate didn't happen, and you know, I kind of came up with the conclusion like it wasn't my time yet, and there was a lot of things like I needed to work on, not just as a runner, but like in my my normal everyday life. And you know, midstate's like a big a big puzzle, and if you're missing pieces, you don't have the whole picture. So like there was something I needed to work on, and you know, it kept me hungry for the next year, and came back and sealed the deal this year. What was it missing?
0: for you in your life outside the training because you were in very good shape to go that far and you and you must have known body wise what you needed to do but eric what was missing mentally for you to put the the puzzle together
1: honestly it was um i I think a lot of was like how much alcohol i was drinking um i decided to get sober in august of last year and you know it was 10 months sober to the day when mid-state started this year so I think once I cut that out of the picture, I felt like I was just kind of able to manage my life, you know, better as like a colleague, coworker, a father, just, just better person overall. And I think that helped kind of translate into, you know, the running world and really helped me bring it at mid state, but stay locked in and focused like I was last year. But like this year felt a lot easier for me and my training felt a lot easier. Like everything just worked, like nothing bad came from it.
0: When did you notice there was a problem? Because I know, and and let's be honest here for a second. Let's let's cut through the bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of alcohol at races. I've been guilty of it. I've sat at aid stations and I've had too many beers and yelled at people for for hours on end. Um, there is there is a there is a lot of alcohol at ultra marathons, and I'm not just talking the free Michelob ultras they give you at the finish line. Um. When did you notice okay. that you had a problem and it wasn't just the drinking kiss socially part of the sport?
1: I, I think it was, you know, like, I, th- I think I realized, like, my, my living situation kind of changed last year. We don't need to really talk too much on that, but I would just find myself alone, you know, at the end of the night, and, like, I'd still just be drinking until the wee hours of the morning and try to go get a run in the next day and, you know, be, like, halfway hungover, through half the run and just kind of spend all day recovering from it. And then, you know, I I started to reach out to like a lot of my friends, a lot were, you know, from the ultra running community and stuff. And just, you know, kind of just put it out there to let, like I didn't want to keep living this way. And, you know, I kind of wanted some people to talk to I didn't want to necessarily go to like an AA or anything like that, but I had a good network of people just to talk to and kind of correct mistakes. And my life's accelerated ever since then.
0: I can imagine that it was, Probably not easy, as you travel in this sport that does have a relationship with alcohol, to stay clean and sober for nine months. Was it hard to go back to a race and go to a finish line? Or there's fireball shots at aid station. Whatever was it? Was it hard to keep it that up? Or was it you made your mind up and you're going? Oh no,
1: no, I made my mind up in August, and like it was like a light switch went off, and like I've had no desire for it at all and honestly the athletic brewing makes such good na beers that taste just like what i was drinking you know that's the I god honest worry truth about it, so boy we've
0: come a long yeah. way from the days of o'duels when our oh brother- haven't we
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> right it's like oh i don't want that you know no you're yeah, right. now there's options and now yeah now i don't feel like uh you know such a weirdo like you know drinking them it's like you know there's quite a few people drinking them if you have them you know
0: right and they're good you're right there's been a long time when they were garbage you're like oh god what is this i'd much rather just not have anything than than have right to I'd rather drink. just
1: have water okay. right
0: exactly but there's a there's a lot of options for you and did you notice too when you gave that up that your training changed and your day-to-day running changed, other than the fact that you weren't hung over for certain training runs. Did you
1: notice leaps in your fitness? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I, you know, hydration, number one, you know, it was always now I was like, I was hydrated. My runs felt good. I was able to absorb that training. I was able to go to bed and, you know, get a good rest and like be ready for the next day. And just the more and more I did that and just stayed consistent with that, it, you know, every aspect of my life just accelerated, you know, training, working, like just everything. Everything just got better from there. So it's like I really didn't see like the desire to go back or, you know, want to do that again or be tempted, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. What does the mid mile mean to you? I noticed that in a lot of pictures you have the course tattooed on your neck. The race, I yeah. mean, what, what, what does this race mean to you that you tattoo the I, course on your neck?
1: I I think this race to me is kind of my it's like my evolution of a runner and it's also like my evolution as a person. And it's been really weird. Like every year Mid-State's happened for four years. There's been a huge pivotal moment and, you know, massive life change that has to happen. And it's always kind of centered right around this race. You know, it's like, of course you can't wait until the race is done. <laughs> you know, it's always something right before it, but it, I've always been able to kind of juggle it and kind of my outlook towards this race has changed every single year. My approach towards it's changed every single year, but I was talking with John and Becca and I'm like, you know, why is that? And they go, it's because you're a different person. Every single year you come here. So I originally had a, a mid state mile tattoo on my leg and I was going to have little tallies going every time, but I really didn't like how it turned out. So that's where I ended up getting the one on my neck and, and the artist, she's like, well, let's make it, let's make it look like a burn or a brand. Like it hurt and it's a part of you. And I'm like, good. Cause it is a part of me and yes, it hurts, you know? So yeah, the mid state's kind of like me just kind of, it's almost like me watching myself from afar, like just kind of grow up into mature into a good runner and a good person.
0: Well, That's interesting. What did you learn? Like the first year you ran mid state. So the year, you're year first of all, you've been in the race for all four years, correct? Correct. What attracted you to it the first year? Because the first year, this race didn't have a documentary, didn't have podcast exposure. It was just this weird race that these incredible people were putting on, on their dad's property. How did it get on your radar?
1: um i was on i was going to be running cruel jewel that year and it got canceled you know like many other races did and i had a few friends um you know i knew becca jones through the running community we weren't super good friends at that time but um she said she was you know trying to put on a race and wanted some some good people to come out and just you know have a good time and yeah i had no idea what i was getting myself in into you know i was familiar with the traditional backyard the 4.1667 miles every hour and you know somebody explained the format to me and i was like okay well that's fine you know i had honestly no idea what i was getting into and there was nothing else to really do so i was like yeah sure let's go up there and you know it was i don't want to say a rude awakening but it was like a slap in the face you know it's like i didn't realize what we had no idea what i was getting into and i did pretty decent that first year um and but yeah but it just left me so hungry and it made me just like want to go back and like i've never really ran a race where i just the second i crossed the finish line and five minutes later i was like oh i had more to give out here i've never ran a you know 100 miler 120 miler and been like oh i've got like you know 10 more miles in me 15 more miles in me i'm always like oh i'm done you know, or, oh, I'm never doing that one again. You know, like what most people would say, but like with mid every year, it's always been like, I have something more to give to that course out there.
0: It's interesting because it is a different format. And if you told someone like, listen, there's a race, you're on a mile every 20 minutes, 1.1 miles every 20 minutes, and there's 367 feet of vertical gain per mile. Most people would say, like, that sounds miserable. And I'm always blown away at the people who, like, like go back for the Tennessee mile in December and do, like, the 48 hours, like Aaron Dana and, and Jill Dennis. I'm like, that 1.1 miles over and over and over and over and over again. But you found something that you loved, like that mile, that living life 20 minutes at a time. What was it? about that format, about that race that made you go, like, as soon as you finished, you weren't like, oh, i have won and done. I'm going back. I'll do Cruel Jewel next year. But I got to come back.
1: I, th- I think it was the first year, like, you know, I I don't know if it was, you know, heat, electrolytes, food, rest, whatever, whatever like the big four are out there. Um, but once I sat for five minutes and ate some food and drank some water, I went back out on the course and was able to hike a whole nother loop, like no problem. And it was like, I could have kept going, you know, and at that point for the first year, I was already like 71 miles when I timed out Mm -hmm. and it was like, yeah, no, I had, I had more to give out there, you know? So I thought like, yeah, second year, yeah, I'm really going to turn it up next year. And we're going to see what we can do out there. And you know, that did not go that way, but that race, even though like, it's just a mile, like Becca says it real well. She's like, you know, no race is the same, no miles the same. Like, I've ran hundreds of loops out there now within four years, but like, it never really like replays itself the same. And I've kind of, I kind of like treat it like it's our, like our days of our life. You know, we go to our job, you know, we have our responsibilities at home. And even though it's the same day, the same mile, like it doesn't always play out the same, even if it is exactly the same. And I kind of look at that course like that. It's always different. You're going to feel different. People around you are going to feel different, you know, the time of the day changes like it's it's always it's always different out there it's always a new adventure a new struggle and it's cool to find like the pieces to the recipe and just kind of maintain that
0: mm-hmm. well the second year what did you learn about yourself the second year at mid-state
1: uh, uh, second year um i i learned to really check my ego at the door um i talked a mad game <laughs> i quit all my races for the rest of the year, I wanted, I wanted to win. I wanted, you know, the previous year's winner. Um, you know, there was a, some hype around my name and I let that get to my head. And because of that, I ran somebody else's race, the way they would run it. I tried to go out there with no crew and just do it like that. And, um, that didn't work for me. I was trying to run like 18 and a half minute miles crewless, and trying to come in and take care of myself and, I was coming in so slow. Like I, I moved to Montana between that first and second year. So I thought, well, great. I live in all these mountains now
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Vert's not going to be a problem. Did all this training, um, quit all my other races, but did zero heat training. It was better living in Florida and having just very, very, very little elevation gain, but having the heat of the South. Um, and yeah, second year I only went 33 miles and. I think I learned probably the most from that year of just like keeping the ego at the door and kind of learning to like keep my mouth shut. And, um, yeah, you know, I had the training, but like I got, I got injured about a month before and I didn't run for like 30 days before the race. And I just tried to stay off my ankle and I just kind of had a pity party for myself. And I would just drink beer at night and watch youtube videos and kind of think that you know my ankle was just gonna like heal on its own and it did by like the time it was time for race day but i was not in the right like mindset to like really go down and you know do what i said i was gonna do out there and you know and it showed
0: talk about lessons of ego you know here you were doing some talking were you buying into what people were saying they're like oh Eric Kinley, he's a person to walk well, to watch out for. He's going to come in and do some damage. And you heard that, and did you start believing that? Like, talk about the the breakdown of the ego for a minute.
1: Sure. Um, no, like I definitely believed I could do it. And I was, you know, I was hitting really good volume and everything. But you know, coming, it, it didn't matter really how much training I put in because like I didn't have enough time in between those loops to take care of myself. So I'd be coming through, and I would just be just chugging water but then i'm just sweating it all out i wasn't really good about you know taking in a bunch of salt i wasn't i didn't do any heat training and that that second year was definitely the hottest one that it was out there and you know i kind of looked like a fool a little bit you know i feel like i kind of embarrassed myself to a few people who had their eyes on me and were expecting me to show up and you know it just didn't happen and it kind of made me realize that you know in a running race, the muscle, I don't, the last muscle I need to work is my mouth. You know, <laughs> I need to be working my legs and putting in the work and letting the work speak for itself. Those are the only words that need to show up is, you know, after results are in, um, cause it doesn't matter how much you want to win. If you're not going to put in the work on race day and you don't have that will, like it's not going to happen. And I was, you know, I knew I was having a terrible day and, uh, yeah super behind on calories and heat and it just it just ended it just ended at like 30 33 miles 34 miles that second year
0: what were the things you did to correct the ego issue
1: um i i I learned to just kind of i i started training a lot smarter um that third year going in Uh, i picked up john and becca as a coach i started doing a lot of heart rate based long runs so where I couldn't like get my heart rate over like 130, 140 um, to start. And what that made me do, it made me walk a lot. It made me spend a lot of time walking. You know, it was it was kind of it was kind of humbling too, learning how to do that kind of training, learning how to run really slow and efficiently. Um, but it also helped me kind of appreciate my time out there. It helped me learn how to be much more present on my runs in the mountains and pay attention to myself, my breathing, how I was eating, how I was drinking. And then my long runs just kind of got to this point where like, I didn't want them to end. Like it felt so easy on my body. Everything felt like I could have kept going after every single long run. I felt like I could have done like 10 more miles, no problem. And like, I just wanted to stay out there. I just wanted to run. And the third year i was just like yeah i just want to i just want to go out there and see what i can do and i was real confident in my training you know i had a great year but there was also still some things i needed to work on you know such as like like uh, my alcohol consumption but i also needed to work on a lot of like strengthening to not have those like it band issues and hip issues that i had that led to kind of like my body breaking down that third year
0: so you picked up – I mean, had you done weights before? Because so many people say that runners should do weights, and we never do because we're like, ah, I'm a runner, and I don't do weights. Was that a, did that become a part of your routine after year three?
1: It did. It did. And I noticed a huge difference this year. And, like, most of the time, like, you know, I'm just using the machines at work or at, um, at the gym and good form, not doing a ton of weight, but just doing the things that – working on the muscles that we, you know, tend to not use as much as runners, you know, like hamstrings or like your glutes or abductors, adductors, things like that. And like this whole race, I felt so super strong the entire time. Like my legs never felt tired on climbs or descents. I walked a ton of parts where most people were running, but I was hiking at a pace that was their running pace and Mm -hmm. everything felt very relaxed out there and had like one little issue with like a tendon um, in my ankle or toe flexor or something. But um, other than that, this was like the most manageable that race has ever been. And last year I was like, I was doing really good, but I was like, you know, super serious and just kind of had like my hat low and my sunglasses on and, you know, kind of keeping this really serious, like silent killer face. Um, But this year it was like, you know, I was doing that again, but it was like, it wasn't really an act this year. You know, it was like, no, I was feeling great. And, you know, having a great time out there and smiling and just like enjoying being out there with those people.
0: You did. You did have. I did notice in a difference in you because I last. I was at the last two years with my son. Um This year, I, I noticed you smiling. I there was during during some of the earlier laps, there was a whole group of kids that would form this line at near the near the corral of just hand slapping right like they put their hands out and people were doing the the high fives i noticed like you smiling and coming in and high-fiving all the kids and and having some fun you did seem like you were you were more settled and you were having more fun this year than you had in years past was it this sense of relaxation because you'd felt that okay The pieces of the puzzles are starting to come together my training is better i feel stronger i need to relax a little bit you just seem to have something a little different about you
1: yeah everything yeah no it's just having fun And, and yeah you gotta high five the kids you know they're they're out there you gotta high five all the kids but uh no everything everything just felt so good like last year i really learned how to train and really learned how to be focused in that race and i When I left last year, I kind of wondered, like, am I ever going to be able to like tap back into that level of concentration and focus? Um, And really every run since then, since last year's race, I've been able to tap right back into it, like no problem. So going into this year, it's like I knew exactly what needed to be done. um, As far as how the race goes, I had some excellent crew people helping me. um, So they kind of took a lot of stress off of, you know, what I need to do coming in between the loops because i had already told them for like the next loop or the next loop or the next loop um i never had to tell them what i wanted right now they already knew because i told them the loop before and then when i'd come in i'm telling them what i want for the next loop it was always one step ahead you know kind of like playing chess like with mid-state it's kind of a game of like prevention and um and patience and just kind of being ahead of problems before they come up so cooling early like eating a lot of salt early you know staying on top of your food trying to eat while it's a little bit cooler um you know taking taking the time in between your loops properly before it becomes a problem but yeah and working on strength throughout the year um i rode my bike a ton walked a bunch Um, i just did a lot more diversity in my training versus just cramming all these numbers doing repeats up and down these mountains um, actually this year I ran about half the volume I did for last year. Really? And I was kind of worried if, if that was going to work or not, but I don't think I ran more than 35 miles in a week since March, um, leading into this race. Um, and it worked, uh, like, you know, it, everything, everything worked together, but I think it was more than just the training. I think a lot of it was the cumulative experience of, you know, timeout on that course and, you know, also like other difficult races I've done and just kind of remembering what it took to get to, through those and um learning to kind of apply all of that to this year's mid state
0: was a lot of talk before the race um people were like is justin hamilton gonna run is he not he's gonna be there he's saying he's crewing people but he may run uh there was talk of chad wright who at one time had the had the course record um he was possibly gonna come back there's a lot of 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 uncertainty about who was going to be there. Did did you think about that? And here's the thing too, Aaron Dana and Jill Dennis were there. And if anyone's got more time on that course, I mean, the epic story between those two and the 40 hours they spent out there together is incredible. Did that come into play for you at all? Were you concerned who else was going to be out there? Are you just like, Nope, I'm just doing Eric Kinley's race.
1: Yeah. I, this year I, I really tried to just simplify it. I didn't look at who was coming. Like I read, I read the ultra sign-up list maybe like two weeks before, just to see. And and then when I looked at, it, I you know, I saw the couple veterans that were on there. But then I saw names kind of missing. You know, like yeah, Justin was one of them. Like I even sent him a message. I was like, hey man, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, little sad you're not coming back for the rematch. But it's all it's all good. I understand. You know, Chad's kind of been like up in the wind for like the last two years. You yeah. know. But I really wasn't concerned who was going to be there because I wasn't I wasn't concerned about like a finishing place. I wasn't concerned about how long we were going to be out there. I just told myself I wanted to see how far I can run when there's an aid station every mile. Like, that's it. As long as I can cool, eat, drink and electrolytes, rinse and repeat. That's all I have to do and just stay patient and stay in the moment. And I don't need to play games with other people, um, you know, to take them out of the race. Like, you know, eventually everybody ends up taking themselves out of that race. Doesn't matter if they look good for five hours, in five hours they could look bad for five hours. In five hours I could look bad. I I tried not to take energy good or bad from other people around me. And I really when I came in the corral, I just kind of stayed focused on me and I just looked at my crew members or my coaches. And just, you know, did what they said or they did what I said. And like I just tried to make it as simple as possible and just see what was possible out there. And that was that was really all I was concerned about. I was concerned about a 20 minute timer and direction to travel. That was the only thing I cared about out there.
0: Really, just a real focus on just yourself, do, checking in with yourself, focusing on what you're doing, focusing on one mile at a time instead of all the distractions around you.
1: Right. And there's, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of movement in the corral. There's a lot of life on that course, but I tried my best just to stay, just stay in myself. And I just kind of kept repeating to myself, like even before the race, like I would do it in training. I would just tell myself like, I'm right here. I'm right here in this moment of life. This dirt is right here underneath my feet. I am standing right here on earth. Like, I just tried to tell myself that out there on the course, like, I am right here. You know, I was trying to run like a higher, higher level of myself more than just like my body out there on the course. Like I was running that with, with my soul and my soul was like driving the body. That's how I looked at it. I looked at it this almost like this was like spiritual for me out there.
0: Really? Well, it sounds like what you're talking about is like mindfulness. Like you're trying to be very mindful of being in the moment, not living in the past that didn't happen the way your mind remembers it or being in the future, as far as like what's going to happen in the next whatever, it seemed like you were really focused on that moment, that step, that breath once at a, one at a time.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, and yeah, as simple as that, just where, where are the next five steps where my feet are going to go? Like that is all I was ever looking at just keeping my head down and, doing the work and if i passed somebody i just said hey good job man doing great like that was it like and i came in and just would eat whatever i wanted to eat and then went out and yeah i just kept it as simple as possible and it really kind of made me realize i've been overcomplicating this race for years and my approach towards it has completely changed i really do think the simpler approach out of there just staying cool eating drinking and being patient like that's what it takes to be successful out there
0: was the mindfulness part of your change this year, or is that something you've been working on for a while?
1: Um, that was something that more happened this year. Um, I started trying to do more active recovery, like uh, flexibility, mobility, doing yoga, doing some meditation. And, you know, that the, I took some of those things, like how I was saying, you know, the consciousness driving the vehicle of the body. Those were some of the things I would like listen to and try to, you know, like, ask myself, like, you know, who am I in this right now? Like, you know, I'm more than my body. Like, who am I, like, as, like, my energy in the universe? Like, who is, like, my soul? You know, like, that doesn't feel pain. Like, that's, like, what I was really trying to, like, ask myself, like, who am I? And, like, do I have this character to push when it's really hard? And, like, after the race stops being fun or I'm tired or whatever the circumstance is, it's, like, do I have that? integrity to to uphold what i'm like talking about out there when it gets really hard and you know i'm proud to say i did and like i stuck to my guns um for you know and i practiced all the things that like i preached for months to myself in training and it was cool to see it all like happen on race day and to stick with it and not waver um you know it it was incredible it was an incredible experience
0: well who are you eric keenly you put that out there who are you
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still learning that one. Um, you know, I think that's going to be unpacked over like this next year. I've still got a lot to unpack from this race, but I think when it boils down to, it's just, you know, trying to be the best version of myself, you know, like each day, you know, even if it's just a 1% improvement, but, you know, being a better, you know, father, friend, uh, colleague, coworker, um, you know, runner, like, you know, just trying to just always improve and just be a little bit better and just kind of hold myself to a, to a higher standard you know nothing unreasonable but it's i've always kind of learned with this race that like yeah you can always do better you can always give a little bit more and i think that was really like my focus you know kind of taken away from this year is just all right like if you know not not like i have figured out mid-state entirely you know i think there's still a lot to learn out there but you know i think i'm on the right path for you know building another floor on this foundation
0: right it's funny you said one percent better and I think we we live in a community or a world of instant gratification and instant results. We want things we want them now. We want to see massive increase in skill or a massive decrease in weight or, you know, these massive leaps and bounds, right? Because we don't, right. We don't have the patience for the little things. And it's funny you said one percent because I had an interview on this podcast. that was rather untraditional, Running podcast interview with a man who's he's a runner. He's not a long distance runner, but he is also the youngest uh, football coach in NCAA uh, Division One football. His name is Scotty Walden, and he said one percent better, and that's the focus. Like he tells his players, we're one percent better every day. Every day we got to say to ourselves, "Am I one percent better?" And he says, you know, stacking small victories leads to big change. And working on those little small successes, 1% better, 1% better, 1% better. And I think that almost in a way, Eric, when you look at it that way, you realize how much work is necessary to go from point A to point B, and you don't get this frustration that you don't instantly go from A to B. You see it as these small steps in this journey, almost like a lap at mid-state, You can't, you know, you just got to take it one little step at a time.
1: Right. It's, you know, it's about who makes it, not who makes it the fastest, you know, you know, and that can, you know, uh, be an analogy for, you know, even coming through that loop, you know, like as far as success is determined, you know, there's no rush or, you know, timestamp that you've got to reach by a certain date. Otherwise it's not there. Um, the goal is making it there. You know, it's the same. It doesn't matter if you make it to that loop in 15 minutes or you make it to that loop in 1930. Like you made it through the loop, you know,
0: please tell me at some point along the way, cause you would, cause Aaron Dana finished second. Please tell me at some point you guys talked about muds mustache care. Cause you two have the best mustaches in all of ultra running.
1: <laughs> please tell me that happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, we were, um, I started growing my mustache at last year's mid state, and then I cut it off, and then Aaron started growing his um, right after. And then I was like, "Hey, man, we got to do a mid-state mustache challenge." And I tried to get all these other people <laughs> to come in and do it. And I think the only other person that did it was Brogan. Um, but yeah, no, I. And it, uh, let me just say for the listeners that Aaron's mustache is much bigger than it appears on social media. <laughs> like you, you can grab onto that thing.
0: Will you please message my son and tell him to be a part of the mustache challenge for next year? Because he'll have to start growing oh, it absolutely.
1: now. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Thank God. Um, this year's race, Eric, give us kind of a rundown for you of how we, we heard you put the pieces of the puzzle together. Things started. You, you felt good. What did it mean for you? to finish mid-state mile this year and to win?
1: I mean, it kind of felt surreal. It almost, it didn't feel like it was happening, but then at the same time, it absolutely felt like it was happening. And, you know, I, I was, I think the first loop where Aaron, you know, I kind of knew he was going to be in trouble and I think he made it like two more loops after that. But once I kind of saw him wavering, I was like, my brain kind of switched, you know, to this, like let's seal the deal, um, let's let's close this, let's let's finish this successfully. And I remember being at the start line and then like looking back and waiting for Aaron to come in through the back of the corral and never saw him. And they're like, they're like, go, go, it go! And I just screamed as loud as I could into the woods, just a big whoo! And like I just heard that echo through the whole course and then come back and it was it was the greatest feeling because it just you know, it, it, almost kind of like an imposter syndrome. Like you think like you don't deserve this for mm-hmm. the amount of work that you put in. Um, but then it was like, at the same time, it was like, no, you absolutely deserve this. Like you've been working, you know, seriously towards winning the race for like three years, but been running it for four and you know, it was, it just felt really good. And it wasn't like I won because it's now, a. Uh, a default or it's a process of elimination or oh you just want it because you've been here for four years now it was like no i i wanted because you know like i worked for it that day and i worked the hardest on race day for it and you know it was definitely earned and it it felt good and it felt good to finally take home that quilt and you know wrap my kids in that thing
0: well and two it has to be interesting because last year you were where Aaron, Aaron was this year you got to yeah. watch you had you got to assist someone else in their success and you got to see the cheering the excitement the success but you couldn't really that wasn't yours you you couldn't be a part of that i mean you could i mean you always handshake and hugs and that sort of thing but to have that moment be yours after you watch someone else experience that moment had to be great too
1: oh it was great and I, you know I took so much growth from last year's coming in with the assists, and it felt good to I call it the pit uh being in the final two you know it felt good to be back in the pit and it felt good to have Aaron in there with me and you know we I think we went about 20 something miles together but in mid-state mile time, I think that's close to like eight hours, eight and a half hours. Yeah. That we, it was just me and him out there pushing and pushing through the rain and the fog and um, like really gnarly conditions late at night. And it was it was awesome. It was like exactly where I wanted to be. I couldn't imagine a better end to that race. Um, but if it just felt so good to kind of be on the other side of it and, you know, like take that home for me and like and doing it for all the right reasons, like going to this thing being sober, um, being humble. I didn't really post anything on social media as far as what my goals were. Or, oh, I'm coming for mid-state or this redemption. Like It wasn't any of that stuff. It was, I, I I kept my head up and I put my nose down and did the work. And then I showed up on mid-state and did what I said I was going to do in my head. I didn't need to tell anyone on social media about it. I was going to let actions speak louder than words.
0: That's not going to help you get any followers, Eric. I'm just telling you right now. You should have been loud and screaming and talk about how great you are. That seems to be the uh, <laughs> the, the algorithm seems to team seems to favor those that that behave in that way. All joking aside, um, what is it, Eric, about the community? One thing that I've noticed, spending the last two years out of Midstate Mile, is the community is really different and special. Can you put into words like? what the community is like out at the Mid-State Mile?
1: I think, you know, I think for those that are on the course, um, I think we're all really bonded and united because that that course is tough. You know, that course is merciless. It is hard. It is hot. And I think there's something about like an accelerated friendship when you have that kind of collective suffering mm-hmm. out there with people. But then even with the crew, you know, the crew gets to kind of watch it like, like it's a movie and they're watching every every actor and runner come through and they're watching their story unfold in front of them and and it's cool you know the crews like you know as people dwindle down the runners become the crew and then everybody who was trying to you know beat each other they start trying to help each other and then it's cool just to kind of remember that situation you had during that race and then everybody goes home and unpacks this for the next year and everybody comes back even hungrier and better and then like, you're seeing those people's crew next year and every year just be kind of comes this family reunion and it gets bigger and more intimate each year um especially the longer you've been there the more people you know and and it's great and it's great for there were so many people out there for their first time this year and it's like you know those people are going to be back just because of the community around this race but i think the community around this race really came up like, you know, 2020 when like, you know, we didn't have anything and everybody's, you know, sitting at home and this was something that kind of united people when it like really needed it the most. So it was cool to just keep coming back. And then, you know, it's kind of the same, everybody's ha- kind of has the same similar story with mid state of, you know, why they want to come back there. Um, but it's, you know, trying to make yourself better, but come back with that and show that.
0: And it seems like, like there is an encouragement here that I don't see a whole lot of of you talked about how as 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 the runners start to dwindle the runners become crew you don't really see a lot of you see competition people are wanting to give their best you know iron sharpens iron you give your best Aaron gives his best Jill gives her best you all kind of kind of uh, help each other along but you don't really see any aggressive negativity towards anyone everybody kind of molds into this small little group of crazies
1: yeah no absolutely and you need that you need that group of athletes to you know push those numbers you know push it to the deeper miles um and really that last group of like you know kind of eight to five is really where okay we're going to kind of set the stage and then from there people are going to drop but you need that group of people To push through and like this year was great because we had a lot of really strong runners a lot of people consistently coming in around like that 16 16 minute mark and you know a lot of people running a lot faster this year in past years a lot of people were more around that like 17 and a half 18 mark um but yeah a lot of strong runners really helped like push it to those further miles and you know i i thank them because that's kind of what helped aaron and i you know be able to go as far as we did as everybody else has helped from before
0: okay you've got the you've got the trophy you've got the tattoo on your neck you've got the quilt oh, yeah. do you want to come back are you coming back for next year
1: oh absolutely yeah i'm uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be there every year i can like for sure i will definitely be back there next year
0: Well, why i mean what do you have to prove now eric i mean you've you've conquered the mountain what's left
1: keeping it simple ryan i want to see how far i can go when there's an aid station every mile like that's it i want to see if i can you know push past that and you know have somebody else to come there too you know and just see what we can do
0: that's awesome it's just that simple it's just i want to see how far i can go when i have an aid station every single mile
1: yeah that's it
0: you can make it a heck of more complicated and say, well, that mile does have 300 and some odd feet of vertical gain.
1: Right. And yeah. And horse flies and everything you can think of. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, kind of the, the miles have kind of gone away out there. The climbing's kind of gone away. It's just going forward and like my, my brain kind of distorts time and travel out there. And, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm running it doesn't feel like i'm running a figure eight over and over and over it feels like i'm on this continuous continuous giant stretch to me sometimes it it doesn't really seem like i'm out there for that long but then sometimes it does seem like you're out there for that long like time moves really weird out there when and especially when you're up for that long and you're pushing that hard and climbing that much like the brain's uh, a little scrambled out there sometimes i would think
0: yeah right cuz i would think that You know, here you did 121 laps out there. You were out there for 41 hours. There has to be moments when you're right. It feels new, and there has to be moments where you're like, "My God, there that is again." There's that. There's that shed. There's that build. That whatever that building is, that deer stand or whatever, that's about you know 300 yards past the the top of the first climb. It has yeah, to the,
1: the stabbing cabin,
0: right? The the, the stabbing, yeah. You got to. It's, it's got to be moments you're like, oh my god, that stabbing cabin again. I, I how many times am I going to see that thing?
1: Right. I mean, I I think last year I was just so focused on the ground and where my feet were going to go. I don't think I saw the stabbing cabin <laughs> until like you know like mile sixty or something. Like I never even like looked up. Like I just kind of just stayed right on the trail and just focused on it. You know, it never it never really gets old out there. I think like the first two years it did, but I really, I just, my mind would just kind of scatter and I would just think about other things that, you know, I, I should have done before this race or things I need to do after this race is done and back in my real life. And, you know, like John always says out there, he's like, the second you want something else, that's exactly what you'll have. You know, we were talking about, you know, instant gratifications and comfort. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You want to start thinking about your hotel bed. And how good that's going to feel when the run's done you know what you're probably not going to have too many loops out there after that you know it's really hard to stay stay present there and i really think the first two years taught me how to stay present and then i think after that it was like all right now we just need to train better for this course and Mm -hmm. learn how to manage you know nutrition and hydration better
0: what are those lessons that you learned this past year eric that you think people could take And make their running better whether they're not i mean they're they're not doing something like mid-state or backyard ultra what are some of those lessons you've learned this past year that can make everyone's running better
1: i think just just learning to be present and be in the moment and kind of celebrating that you get to go on that run and wherever you may be if it's a city or on the trail you know like you're out there doing something and it's cool to kind of be out in the world and kind of silence the rest of you know the the background noise that we have in our lives every day um you know cuz that stuff will always be there waiting for us when we're done mm-hmm. you know the job will always be there waiting for us when we're done but like you know it, i think it's important to kind of give that self that time to yourself every day and just kind of make that time to like kind of check in with yourself and you know i kind of use like running as like my moving meditation out here in training and you know i'm just extremely grateful and i you know, somebody asked me on the course, Aaron Dana asked me on the course We were, you know, he was talking to some other runners about, you know, what are the lessons that MidState gives to you, you know, after you you leave. And he asked me, he goes, Eric, what's, what's the lesson you're learning right now at MidState? And I go, the lesson I'm learning is I'm right here. I'm right here. There's this dirt beneath my feet. Like I'm on this course. I'm in Tennessee. Like that is what I tell myself when I'm out there. Like that's what I learned. And I think just really appreciating just to be present not practice being present while running but just kind of learning to be present like in everyday life like it's it's a it's a work in practice um but you know getting there and getting better with it you know no, you're improving right. 1% each day
0: oh yeah and you're right it is it is it's a it's a work in progress it's not easy and i'll tell you what society is not designed to help you in that endeavor because everything is about being somewhere else. I mean, social media is about being somewhere else, seeing someone else's life, seeing something you did, you know, years ago, that sort of thing. It's like taking you out of the moment. It is hard to learn to be in the moment and be present and just be here now.
1: Right. And, and, you know, and especially when it comes to mid state, like, you know, any, some other races you can kind of just zone out, maybe, you know, appreciate the scenery on this section until you get to the next stage station. But, you know, under, at mid state, like you're, you're under a microscope and everyone can kind of see you and, you know, not like you're, you know, trying to perform to impress them, but, you know, like there's not really time to have a bad loop out there. And if you, you know, if you let it happen, like the time to correct, it's very, very small, just given that 20 minute format. So, it takes a lot of practice just to kind of like reel it in and keep it a little quieter and keep it more centered and not let your thoughts wander and just kind of focus on the job at hand. Like it can be as simple or as difficult as you make it. You know, I think it's really boils down to like how much can you control your mind out there? Like how much can you just, just stay in this? And if you're, if you're patient enough, like you'll, you'll be surprised how far you can go, but I think you know others I think others when they time themselves out and I think that hunger to come back and want more is really them you know not not learning kind of how to stay in it and like control that discomfort or that wandering mind. Um, but yeah, it's it's a practice of pr- patience and presence out there.
0: How far do you think someone can go like like do you think we've we're getting close to the limits, or do you think we've just no. started to see now? yeah.
1: I I think, I think we're starting to scratch the surface. Um, I think, you know, each year we've gotten a little bit further and a little bit further. Um, I felt so good at the end of this race. Like I, I think I could have gone until sun up for sure. Um, I, you know, I think if we, I think next year, I think next year will be pretty special. I think we're going to try to get some bigger names out there next year, but also, you know, the people who missed out this year, them seeing that, that makes them want to come back, you know, watching me and Aaron and Jill push like into those late hours, you know, that fires some people up and that, you know, may want to get them out to the mile. So I think, I think a lot of people are going to come back hungry next year. And, you know, I'm all for it. Anybody who wants to push that limit out there and find something about themselves and push the envelope, like I am all for anyone coming out there.
0: Do you think this is going to catch on format wise? I mean, it, it is a spinoff of the backyard Format, but it's just I mean it's different it's 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 one steep mile every twenty minutes. Do you think this is a format that catches on or you yeah. think is state's just gonna be this unique little baby?
1: um well, when I was on uh the midstate mile uh, website when I was reading the reading the handbook because i'm a I'm a good participant in this race <laughs> um I did see a section on there where they were saying something about. Um, golden ticket races for Mid-State. And I guess a couple of race directors have reached out to John and Becca and wanted a similar last man standing format. And she kind of gave them like the template for it. Well, hey, it's got to have at least X amount of gain. It's got to be a 1.1 mile loop. And like whoever like wins that, they get um, a golden ticket into Mid-State. I haven't seen what these races are, but I just saw that section that she typed up. So I'm kind of curious to see you know how this goes like in other places because like right now this is the only one i know of with that mm-hmm. that 20 minute format and that climbing so like i'm very interested to see you know what happens with this but i'm also interested to see the just the growth of mid-state through the years and i think once you know once the word gets out of like what this is and what this race has to offer to people um i think i think it's going to be something big um in the next few years you know it's growing bigger every year you know but i want to like I want, I want to see. I want to spread the love. I want to, I want to get people out there to Tennessee. You kind of
0: hope you. You don't hope it gets too big. You don't want it too big where you can't. Well, you'll you'll be able to get in, but like you want to make sure it's still accessible to people.
1: Right. Like no, it'll it'll always be capped at a hundred. And um, you know, people people go to a wait list when they first sign up, and you know, kind of veterans have priority, but you know, they they pick the people who. You know kind of based on like their resume you know like who are the heavy hitters that you know can push it out here and like handle this course um into the later miles but i, th- I think it'll get bigger with names not necessarily like you know numbers of participants because i'm pretty sure it's always going to be capped at 100.
0: well i think the space you just you got to think of the corral size and that sort of thing and i mean how many people can you right. really put on a 1.1 mile loop and have enough space to, to do it
1: right yeah because it, it even gets tight as like the the very beginning of that you know you know, they really only have, like, one crew person in the beginning. But, you know, the numbers thin out, you know, quick enough. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't want it to really be too many more people. I couldn't imagine, like, the parking and, right. you, know, you know, we only have so much space. You
0: exactly. Know? Um, I've, I've, I've told John and Becca how much they mean to me in private, and I won't go into into that on the podcast. It's something that, you know, I share with them. Um, but they are two incredible individuals they are not only the race director of race directors of the race you just won that has meant so much to you but they're also your coach what is it about john and and becca that 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 makes them so unique and makes the the race what it is
1: i i think with them i mean i i i just appreciate like just their their toughness and you know their grit but also like their love for the community but i mean like they were my friends before this but once they kind of came on as my coaches you know like i think the thing i've always appreciated about them is you know my life they, they've, they've coached me for about two and a half years now i know my life's been different you know as you know time goes on so my my schedule's always been kind of tailored to what's going on in my life or how my body's feeling or if we need to back up the volume or we need to change the days it's always been kind of tailored to my life. It's not a cut and dry copy paste plan, Um, but they also, you know, they've always believed in me, but they've also never tolerated any of my bullshit. You know, (laughs) they never let me give excuses and, you know, kind of gave me that like Southern Smackdown. And, you know, sometimes I needed that. And, you know, it helped keep me in check and, you know, keep me hungry and keep me humble, so.
0: It's tough, real love. That's what it is. It's tough, real love. It's tough
1: love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. And, you know, Becca's always believed in me and so is John. And, you know, they want to see me perform as do I. And it's cool to finally, like, see it happening, but not because not I talked about wanting to happen to it because, like, I had the will to make it happen or I put in the work. And it's good to see, like, you know, these things come to fruition because of, like, the right reasons and the right things went into it.
0: You earned it. You worked hard for it. You made some changes to make things happen. So enjoy it. Bask in it for a while. You got to give your least a couple weeks to enjoy your achievement.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Eric Keenly, congratulations on that impressive mid state mile win. Um, like again, 133, 133 miles, 121 laps, 41 hours, 41,140 feet of vertical gain. Where do we go next year? I have no idea, but I'll probably be there watching some of it. Thanks for coming on the Adventure Jogger, Eric. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, Ryan. (laughs)